This is the first ever episode, and I'm so excited to be starting this podcast with McMaster Diabetes Association. Um, I'm going to be talking to people living with diabetes, either type 1 or type 2, about their lives, their diagnosis, and their struggles and success stories that go along with that diagnosis. And my goal really with this podcast is to build awareness, debunk myths, and kind of humanize diabetes a bit so that people in the community especially McMaster students, are kind of more aware of how a diagnosis of diabetes can impact the course of someone's life. Um, I also hope these conversations will allow non-diabetics to advocate to help their fellow friends or family members. Um, Yeah, so in this episode, I'll be talking to my cousin Arjun about his type 1 diabetes, and I think this was a very great episode to kick it off. So yeah, let's get into it. I'm so grateful that he agreed to be the first ever guest. Sure, for sure. You must be so excited that you're the first guest ever. Yeah, yeah, I am. Okay. Yeah, um, so a quick introduction. My name's Arjun. Um, I'm 17 years old. Uh, I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes when I was 10 years old, and I've been living it uh, with it for uh, ever since. Um, yeah, I've been pretty good. Overall, no, uh, not too many ups and downs, but, uh, you know, uh, living with diabetes is just, um, it's my way of life now, so. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about, like, your childhood, kind of, like, maybe your hobbies when you were a kid and now? And, like, yeah, for in? sure, for sure. So, um, so, uh, let's just start off. I love hockey. It's, uh awesome that was one of my first questions once uh i was uh diagnosed was like can i still play hockey and uh the answer was yes so um i'm not playing anymore but i did for uh six years after that and it was uh it was awesome nothing Mm -hmm. really changed um yeah i love singing uh yeah, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. That's good. Yeah, I remember you've always been. Let me just say, Arjun's always been kind of like the most outgoing of our of our cousins. I feel like you're always like in the center of attention, spotlight. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> performer, but it's like really, it was really cute when you're younger. <laughs> it's still cute, but like, <laughs> it yeah, was more yeah. cute when you were younger. Because you would always come, like, in the middle, and, like, he'd always have dance moves and stuff, so. Yeah. Actually, you were, from my perspective, you were a very energetic kid, I think. Yeah. Lots of energy. That's, that's a good assumption. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. So, tell us about the day that you were diagnosed. So, like, do you have any distinct memories that stand out to you, or do you want to just tell us, like, how you found out and what your reaction was like just your memory of the day um distinct memories so mm-hmm. that day um or even sorry have... the the months leading up to it as well because i know you were like feeling yeah. tired a lot and stuff yeah yeah so, so for the months leading up to it it really st- i i really didn't notice anything until um my parents pointed it out to me i started noticing like here and there oh i was becoming a little bit softer like normally I was a, one of the toughest kids on my hockey team. I was becoming a little bit softer. Mm-hmm. Um, it was harder to, to win. Um, simply to put it, it's harder to win puck battles 
it was harder to uh, play the game. And, mm-hmm. and then I started noticing, like my mom was saying, uh, she was asking if I was losing weight because uh, she started to notice I was uh, looking a lot more weak. Um, like, for example, if I st- like stood in front of the uh, mirror with my shirt off, like it was, uh, she would say I would look a lot like more skinny. And uh, she even said it looked like I got taller, probably just because, you know, I was growing at the time and also because I was getting skinnier. Um, that and then I think as it progressed about, hmm, about one a week or two uh, before I got properly diagnosed by a doctor, I was noticing it was really not hard, but it was like I had a weight on my back when I was like doing things, not like walking, but like when I was like climbing the stairs, for example, when I was going up the stairs, it it felt just heavier and a little bit harder to do, especially with a school bag on at school. Mm-hmm. And um, then more specifically, um, that day that I got diagnosed, when I walked in, the doctor sort of already figured it out what it was in like the first three, four minutes. You can tell he's done something like this before because he noticed walked in I walked in the room he said I smelled like fruits like Mm -hmm. sugar I smelled like sugar that's exactly how he described it Mm -hmm. um and then ever like point out that you smelled like that or did she not know uh she didn't notice it but I'm he picked it up pretty quickly which and was that your family uh, doctor yes family doctor yes yeah. Um. He picked it up pretty quickly. He was like, "Yeah, he smells like fruit," which is weird. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that's a uh, one of the uh, key indicators there. And then he said, um, "I want you to get to get uh, him to the hospital." So I was on the way to the hospital, and at the time we thought it was a like a a really big deal because okay, the doctor just sent us right to the hospital. But I think he already figured it out. And luckily, we had caught it quite early, mm-hmm. relatively, like, to how early people generally catch it. We caught it in, like, uh, the early stages when my blood sugars were uh, still, like, they're still pretty high, like, at a 30 or something. But there's people who haven't, yeah, yeah they, there's people who haven't been diagnosed till they're at, like, 60, 70 Wow. Uh, millimoles. So yeah, it's um, we're fortunate that way at the very yeah. least. Okay. And how was like being in the hospital? Because I remember being, I remember if it was at night or in the morning, but I came to visit you when you were in the hospital. Yeah. I think you were woken up in the middle of the night, right? Or something like that? Or? um, Woken up in the middle of the night. Uh, We had to stay there for the night rather um I I went there about after I came out of school so like at about three to at least uh the morning the next day we were there Mm -hmm. 3 uh, p.m that is and um yeah my stay there was just uh they wanted to uh get my blood sugar down first of all Mm -hmm. get things in control and then they wanted to give me all the equipment necessary so that 
the next couple of days I can go to the professionals, which, um, which, uh, happened to be one of the only, uh, specified, uh, how do I say it? Um, specialized, I should say, uh, type one diabetes specific centers in Canada, the Charles H. Best Center. And, um, since then I've been going to them every couple of months and they, they keep me healthy, uh, simply put it. They look over my numbers, uh, see what we can improve. And yeah, it's just to um, make it uh, diabetes less, less challenging. Okay. Yeah. And how was your, were, how were you feeling like when you were in the hospital? Like what were the emotions and kind of like, did you feel scared or were you like, like this is just something I have to do now? Like were you kind of more like, you didn't all process it yet or? At first, I was scared. Mm -hmm. Then I figured it out, mm -hmm. sort of, what I need to you, do. Like, who told you the diagnosis? Like, was it the hospital doctors or was it your family doctor? A family doctor said, I think he has type 1 diabetes. Mm -hmm. He said, go to the hospital, and then they confirmed it. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I say my family doctor said I uh, diagnosed me, which is practically what he did he just said he has all the defining symptoms mm -hmm. uh this makes sense that he has this uh you have autoimmune uh disease history in uh your family so yeah yeah well um yeah that's 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 what happened and the first the first like months after that i kind of got control of it and i understood what i needed to do and then there was, I think, a year or two years after I had been diagnosed, there was a point where I was like really down on it because I had, I had just, um, mm -hmm. how do I explain this? I had, I just become really like tired of doing it every day, doing it every day, mm -hmm. constantly having to worry about this stuff. And I, I don't want to say I like stopped doing it, but I just, I kind of let go mm -hmm. a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. And that um, obviously did not help keeping my numbers tight where uh, I want them to be in the, in, in the set range, but yeah. Um, mm -hmm. It just got exhausting. And that's something that you got to deal with. You got to deal with the, exhaustion of having to do this every day and you got to find a way not to fight through it but to find a way to make it okay yeah yes yeah that must have been really challenging oh, one of my questions was going to be like what was the most difficult part or like what was the challenge you had to overcome but I guess like those one or two years and like what kind of snapped you out of it like what made you overcome those and like start having a you know more established I realized that I basically realized that I need to set in place. Well, I also went, uh, started going to uh, therapy provided by the clinic, which is mm -hmm. so amazing. I can't tell you how mm -hmm. awesome the clinic is, but I started realizing that I need to find a way to fit this in as just another part of my life mm -hmm. instead of making it like this like foreign thing that I don't want to be involved with at all. 
Yeah. It's just something I have to deal with. And now I understand that. And honestly, I'm probably more healthy than a lot of the kids at my age yeah. uh, are. I just comparatively. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I am. So that's always a good thing too. Wow. It's really cool that they give you free therapy. I didn't even know you were going to that actually. Yeah. That they're, like, um, do a yeah, lot they're pretty of- cool. Do a lot of people with type 1 diabetes go to therapy then, like right after, to look, kind of learn how to... They, they provide it them, themselves. A lot of them, yes, they do. They go to the, the uh, clinic-provided therapy, which is amazing because they can get um, advice specific for diet, type 1 diabetes since they have all these professionals right there as well. So. Mm-hmm. It's and pretty did good. you ever um, have kind of like other people with type 1 diabetes that you talk to, like support groups and things like that, or no? Um, not me personally, but I know a lot of people who have done that, and it was actually one of the suggestions. Although at the time that I did take the therapy, it was COVID. Uh, it was still during the COVID-19 pandemic, and so I couldn't really do the support group thing, but the online zoom class therapy really helped like uh surprising amount wow and do you still talk to people like from the therapy at all like yes yeah every once in a while whenever i um whenever something happens that i i need to talk about i i do schedule an appointment which is just good yeah i think a big part of university too is like growing into adulthood is like taking making sure that you consider your mental health as the same priorities as your physical health because it is something that you need to like it's like preventative almost like even if you don't feel like you're suffering from any type of mental health like being preventative about it and going to therapy is like yeah a lot of people do that now it's really good I think um it is it is let me look at my list of questions um, I guess like what type of values or like mindset change can you describe maybe like the maturity that you gained through this experience like do you think you had to mature a lot faster than the people your age and like how do you think it just impacted your mindset in general um I think I I think I did have to mature but not in the ways you might think um I think I had to of course take responsibility a lot more for this but I also have to like uh, how to explain this. I had to find a way to be okay with doing this all the time, because mm-hmm. I mean, it it's not it doesn't go away, and there's lots of technologies uh, around now to make it. just a little bit easier every time and um like these companies are coming out with more and more advanced technology uh to treat this uh every every day it seems like um just a couple days ago they released uh, a new insulin pump that um can give you uh insulin boluses which is uh large deliveries for meals automatically which is something that that's uh one of the main priorities, uh, delivering insulin when I eat for me is a massive, massive part of my day. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's just, uh, 
it's been a it's been a challenge and just learning to step up to challenges like that uh is one of the the main parts that you gotta you gotta get down with diabetes and and i i don't want to say that i um i everybody should be taking full responsibility if you have help definitely take it but um it always helps when you can uh manage it yourself you know yeah yes very true um is there anything you would tell your younger self the person that you were before you had diabetes like is there anything to any type of advice maybe you want to give to someone who's been recently diagnosed um so to myself i would say i would just say take care of yourself um always do no matter the health you're in mm -hmm. because um if you take your health for granted you know uh sometimes you can you can lose that uh the privilege of of uh not having to care yeah and um to somebody who's been recently diagnosed i would simply say uh welcome to to this uh community and i would say um you're not alone simple as that you're not alone we all know what you're dealing with and um we're here if you need us yeah that's really impactful um do you feel people with diabetes should get any type of special treatment from people in schools or do you think like you should have any extra privileges um, that are warranted because of your disease? Okay. So I do think you should have mm -hmm. some special, special privileges, <laughs> uh, but I don't think they have to be that drastic. I think it's a simple case of um, people with diabetes may need um, may need to be uh, allowed to leave class at certain points. For example, um, you know they, especially when I was uh, just diagnosed, I remember I was going to the the bathroom a lot because um, having a high blood sugar does make you need to to do it, uh, do it every once in a while. So, uh, that, and then, then they need to be exempt from the no food in class rule. We need to be able to treat our low blood sugars. Otherwise it makes you really loopy. And, um, I can remember, especially in hockey, um, being loopy on the ice is not a good thing, especially when there's, uh, yeah, when there's people coming, uh, coming for you so yeah you always need to keep the sport like anything you could be like yeah. in a completely different area of the ice in like two seconds so like yeah exactly <laughs> it's um it's just it's just when I started playing contact mm -hmm. um having a low blood sugar on the ice was a terrible idea like um you have any especially with rules? like I have an example where I got uh, I had a low blood sugar and I did not see somebody um, coming for me and I got absolutely rocked and it sucks. 
Um, but imagine if I had gotten injured on that, like just you need to, uh, in school, you need to be able to focus on the tasks at hand, which is your learning and your testing. So I think if you have a low blood sugar, you should be exempt from, uh, the no food rule at that point, because you need to be getting on top of that. And then also sometimes you need to be able to let the teacher know I can't write this test or something like that on this day because I'm not having a good day diabetes wise mm -hmm. and that sometimes that happens like I I know I have uh I've had quite a few bad days diabetes wise but yeah um, when you do have a bad day um you should be exempt from writing stuff like this because mm -hmm. it's potentially life-changing yeah exactly no I never thought about it like that um do you think your diabetes has prevented you from doing anything that you've wanted to like is there any opportunities that you've had to pass up um... hmm. honestly other than eating certain foods yeah uh, not really um Maybe life just... with diabetes can be pretty normal okay uh surprisingly yeah. yeah um there's not much that you can really lose properly i'll give you the hockey example again i did not lose that um i'm so grateful i didn't but um yeah it's it was an amazing experience so yeah yeah, I know hockey's always been a big passion of yours, and yeah, you got to. Stay. So sorry, I keep coming back to it. I, <laughs> yeah, you just seem like you miss it. You should do it still. Maybe recreation. I, I still enjoy it. I still enjoy it. Maybe I've... university, you can join a club or something. That'd be yeah, sick. That's, yeah, that would be cool. <laughs> you have this thing in at Mac called intramurals, so it's like you like join with. It doesn't have to be like professional professional team, but you just join up and like you make your own team and then you compete against other teams and it's really fun oh, so nice yeah nice. i've i yet to be a part of one but yeah um well let me think about if there's anything else is there anything else that you think we've left out from your experiences with diabetes that you want to talk about and maybe any um, is there any myths you want to debunk about people with diabetes i feel like people have a lot of preconceptions or like okay so i have a couple pet peeves okay that um yeah, that's questions people always ask me since uh, for a lot of people, I'm the first person with type one that they've ever met. Mm -hmm. First of all, it's not because of too much sugar. I did not eat too much sugar. Um, it's <laughs> it happens randomly due to an autoimmune um, disease that attacks your beta cells, which produce insulin mm -hmm. and the insulin carries the sugar to your muscles for energy of course but um yeah the too much sugar myth that's a myth that comes from type 2 diabetes yeah which is caused by eating too much sugar and i can understand where it comes from but uh i was here but you're so skinny or something like that <laughs> and uh yeah. it's um it drives me up the wall quite frankly yeah because type 2 diabetes is the one that most people get when they're older they have maybe or they're obese yeah. maybe they've been just have unhealthy habits so yeah I think that's definitely a 
the biggest preconception is there any other judgments you think you want to clear up yeah so um less so on on judgment mm-hmm. um i just i remember one specific time where i felt like really bad about having type 1 i remember somebody um laughing at uh, me because they looked searched up online the life expectancy of somebody with type 1 diabetes mm-hmm. and it is it says on there it's it is marginally lower but then again that is definitely controllable if you know how to manage your type 1 diabetes there are people who out there who are out there who've lived to over 100 um with type 1 diabetes and it's quite amazing actually how normal these people can be even with a disease that takes a lot of that away from you mm-hmm. and um i know i felt sad when i when i saw that but um uh, yeah, yeah it's it's, it's so crazy good. how how tight you can get this down and if you can then you um you'll live a, a normal happy life just like uh, everybody else so yeah yeah it's actually crazy like the amount of myths and like stuff online that is not it doesn't it's not like it's untrue but it could like it misses out on the full picture of the disease and like all the other like nitty-gritty details that no one pays attention exactly and those details make all of the difference when it comes to like things like life expectancy right so yeah I mean yeah that must have been really hard to deal with and but I'm happy that you have like the maturity and like perspective to understand like that's obviously I'm in control of like my disease and I think that's something also tell people that have just been diagnosed that they're in control like they still yeah. have some of that control they can take back, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, I think that's all the questions I have then. If you have nothing else to add, thank you so much. For yeah, no problem, Simi. <laughs> let me know if you do meet anyone else with type 1 diabetes and I can interview them too. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay. Well, I'm going to stop recording. Then... All right. Thank you, Simi. Yeah.